TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to let you know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Over 2 million men worldwide have joined the movement for all their below the waist needs. Engineers for the last 18 months have perfected the greatest hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. You can choose the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other items by going to manscaped.com and you can also save 20% by using the promo code State of Saints. That's manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints and save 20% on the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be talking about the New Orleans Saints and how they restructured some of their uh, key players. Uh, they restructured their contracts in order for them to uh, get out of the uh, the cap issues that they're dealing with. We're going to talk about some of the players and also I'm going to be talking a little bit about a former a former New Orleans Saint that hit me up. And now we're going to have a little interview, a little sit down interview. We're going to let you all know about that. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast brought to you by Manscaped. And thank you all so much for spending your Sunday afternoon with yours truly. And I hope everybody had a good weekend. You know, my weekend was really good, man. We got my alma mater, the Jackson State Tigers, knocking off the Grambling Tigers, man. Grambling losing their first home game since like 2012. And Jackson State Tigers got it done, man. Shouts out to Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, man. Got the Jackson State Tigers playing their best, man. They, they tried to take it away from my squad, man. <laughs> they tried to take it away from them, man, but they, they took it right back. So shouts out to the Jackson State Tigers. 2-0 uh, record right now. And uh, I know a lot of people out there in Jackson are riding high. But let's go ahead and talk about the New Orleans Saints and some of these restructured deals. Uh, If you uh, looked at the news on yesterday, the Saints uh, restructured the deals of uh, Demario Davis and Cameron Jordan, uh, two guys that are definitely uh, captains and leaders of the New Orleans Saints team. So uh, they're leading by example by restructuring their deals. And, you know, this cut this. They cut the salary cap down to about 42. Okay. They, they still are like $42 million over the cap. They already restructured the deals of Will Lutz and Davion Yamada. They, they cut Josh, uh, Josh Hill and also uh, Jared Cook. So the Saints are slowly starting to plug away. And 
it seems to me <laughs> that it seems like everybody wants the New Orleans Saints team to just kind of crumble in the process. Like when everybody was talking about how they were hundreds of millions of dollars over the cap, what are they going to do now? How they're going to be able to keep this team together? And all of a sudden you see Drew Brees take a significant pay cut. Then all of a sudden you see Davion Yamada taking a, you know, restructuring his deal. Then you seeing Cam Jordan restructuring his deal. You seeing guys like willing to restructure their deals in order to bring guys back. And it still seems like people just want this team to try to dismantle. Now the narrative is, well, how they're going to keep some of these younger guys that that was a part of this 2017 draft. That that seems to be the narrative now. I've never seen so many people try to do so much to try to make a team implode, right? But shouts out to Kai Harley, who's the accountant of the New Orleans Saints. Shouts out to Mickey Loomis, the guy that's uh, around here calling the shots. These two guys are working together to make sure that the team stays intact and you don't have to gut the team completely. And I can appreciate that. You know, that, that's when you know that you have yourself a good organization. And I don't think that people are really paying attention to what the New Orleans Saints are doing within the, the, the front office structure. You know, a lot of the stuff that they're looking at is, you know, the football team itself. But in order for this team to be successful, you had to have a good front office. In order for your NFL team to be successful, it has to start in the front office. You have to have a GM that is willing to be a visionary. You got to have a head coach that is willing to be an innovator. You got to have guys that are around these two individuals in order to make the team run. The right coaching staff, the right leadership, the right leaders of men. And the New Orleans Saints have those things. And we as fans, we have to be appreciative of that. And I don't want anybody out here to still be complaining about the salary cap. I mean, this salary cap was over $100 million before uh, the end of the season. And now you look at it now, we're in March, and it's down to about 42. And you know that they're going to get it down to where it needs to be. And also, shouts out to a lot of these guys on this team that understand that keeping this team as closely uh, together as you possibly can is the key for them to possibly get over the hump. And also, whoever the quarterback is, when they're coming into this environment, rather it's Jameis, rather it's Taysom, rather it's someone else, they have a team that's structured and put together where they can win right now. So I have an appreci appreciation for the Saints coaching staff and how they're willing to try to work with the players first before they start to make any type of drastic changes that involve releasing and cutting some of these players. I mean, you look at somebody like Josh Hill. Yes, he's been with the team for a very long time, but it's not like Josh Hill by losing him. And no disrespect to Josh Hill, he was an incredible tight end as far as blocking and being a contributor to the team. But it's not like you can't go out here and get someone else that can do what Josh Hill was doing. Also, the same situation with Jared Cook. You actually have that in-house. Well, the Saints believe they have it in-house. They have it with Adam Troutman. So all you have to do is try to possibly find someone else, maybe someone on a veteran deal, that can give you the same type of production Josh Hill gave you. Some solid blocking at the tight end position, right? And also a guy that can catch the passes in the red zone. And you have that, right? You, you can go out there and get that. I mean, you got guys like Kyle Rudolph that are available. We know that Sean Payton loves 
those Minnesota Vikings guys, right? He always going to look out there, you know what I'm saying, in, in Minnesota. And we always tend to get one or two of those guys on this team going into training camp. So you get someone like Kyle Rudolph. You get maybe someone, if they don't want to retire, maybe a Mercedes Lewis. So you get someone, uh, someone else, maybe in a draft that you can possibly develop. You know, somebody that probably got those blocking skills right now and that can, you know, develop into something a little bit more. But whatever it may be, whatever the case may be, the New Orleans Saints have the right pieces in place, right leadership and, and, and right leadership in the front office as well as on the team. So I, I can appreciate that. But I want to say thank you all so much once again for being a part of the podcast. And right now I'm going to go to the comments and I encourage each and every one of you, uh, you know, feel free to comment. I mean, you can talk about this or you can talk about any other uh, Saints related topic uh this is what this show is all about we're the most interactive new orleans saints podcast that you're going to find out there on youtube uh you know spotify you know iheart wherever you are getting this podcast we're very interactive here so if this is your first time being a part of the state of saints podcast hopefully it won't be your last and hopefully you enjoy yourself man so sit back and enjoy so let's go ahead and start at the top here well let me go ahead and start with the uh, donation thank you all so much for those that donate throughout the show making this show what it is, helping this show grow and develop. You know, thank you all so much. Leaders of men, thank you very much for the $2 says, y'all need us. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely need leaders of men, man, no matter what your team, you know, is, who you root for, whether it's the Saints or or you're a fan of some other team, you're checking out the State of Saints podcast, you need guys that are leaders. You need guys that are leaders inside of the locker room to keep the locker room at bay, And you also need guys that are outside of the locker room that are putting these teams together, giving us something to cheer for. I think the front office of teams is is a very underrated, uh, you know, uh, underrated part of a team's success because we're so we're so enamored and we're so fixated on Sundays. Right. The product on the field. But we don't really think about the guys that are behind the scenes that are getting these guys together in order for them to jail collectively to give us that 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 love and that that passion that we have for these teams so you need those guys on this team in order for you to generate success let's go ahead and stroll up man i start at the beginning here let's go ahead and start with chemo chemo says my feelings is a big name will be announced this week via trade or release from the saints well look chemo that's what happens in all season Right. You have guys that you may be invested in Um, as a fan of the Saints. They end up getting cut or released and you end up signing other players from other teams that might got you excited or have you scratching your head or raising an eyebrow or two. But that's what this that's what it's all about. That's what offseason is all about. The NFL, make no mistake about it, who that nation is a business. It is a business. This is what these guys uh, do for a living you know like it's no different between you getting up in the morning uh washing your face brushing your teeth you know eating a little breakfast going out there working your nine to five it's your job right you want to get paid you want to get paid for the work that you do it's no different than nfl the only difference is they they make a lot more money than we do but it's still the name of the game regardless of how much money you're making the name of the game is going out there doing your job, right? Yeah, that's that's the key. So you're going to lose guys, Chemo. You're going to lose guys. 
regardless, okay? There are going to be some guys that we are going to be, you know, hurt about losing. I mean, Thomas Morstead was one of those guys. But at the end of the day, we have to understand, and that's why I stay here constantly here on the State of the Saints podcast, that you got to be a Saints fan first. I mean, we, we get emotionally invested in these players, but these players are going to retire. These players are going to move on to other teams. They're going to be contributing to other teams, but we're still going to be Saints fans. We're still going to be invested in this team. So as much as we love those players, we got to be team. We got to be team first. But thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Jared Cook interview. Uh, no, not quite. Um, the person I'm going to interview, I'll go ahead and say it right now. Uh, the person I'm interviewing is Rashard Matthews. Uh, Rashard Matthews, some of y'all probably remember, he uh, signed with the New Orleans Saints uh, going into the 2019 season. Uh, he ended up uh, doing pretty uh, good in training camp. And, uh, man, he just – left you know he just abruptly left you know and so uh i was on instagram and all of a sudden you know i see a comment from him on one of the videos that i put out there and he said he checked out the video which was about a year old man i actually had to go back and look at what i said and he was like you know i seen what you said you're funny and stuff like that but you know i like to talk to you about you know what happened and i was like okay cool you know and you know, I mean, I was really, I'm going to be honest, I was going at his neck because, I mean, I, I really didn't understand what the what the heck was going on. There. You know what I'm saying? Everything that I heard about this dude was positive going into camp. You know, doing pretty good, seemed like he was going to make the team, and all of a sudden he just left. And, I mean, on that video, I was really going at his neck. You know what I'm saying? I was very critical of him. But, never, you know what I'm saying, nevertheless, you know, I told him, I said, I'm not – I'm not your shock jock. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not the typical shock jock. I'm not going to have you just on the show and us just going back and forth about, you know, about team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would like to know what happened. And, you know, you want me to keep the same energy? And y'all know I'm going to keep the same energy. But it's going to be respectful, man, because I really want to know what, what was going through the mind of Rashard Jennings. I mean, Rashard Jennings. Rashard Matthews uh, when this happened. Yeah, I would like to know. So, Hopefully, you know, we get some answers, and that interview is going to be tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., man. So if uh, you're not doing anything, you want to catch it live, uh, it will be at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the State of the Saints podcast. We're going to sit down with Rashard Matthews and, uh, you know, get to the bottom of it, man. And uh, I appreciate him for, you know, giving me the opportunity, you know, to get this exclusive because there's a lot, you know, man, a lot of people, you know, saw his uh, Instagram post about why he decided to retire, but, you know, still a lot of unanswered questions, like what got him to this point. And I, and I would like to know, and I know you would like to know as Saints fan. So check it out. Rashard Matthews interview on tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Uh, be sure that y'all check it out. But, you know, I mean, I, I got to keep it 100. And I'm pretty sure that he will, too. Troutman going to get his opportunities now that Jared Cook is gone. I can see the Saints drafting another tight end in the later rounds. But going, uh, but going to Troutman, going to be that guy now. Well, Kai, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, he, he definitely got to be the guy. And I think the Saints had that in mind that he was going to be the guy. I think the Saints wanted a young tight end. You know, I, I, I think they looked at somebody like George Kittle, right? George Kittle was a guy that wasn't a household name. He wasn't even the best tight end coming into the draft, coming out of Iowa. You know, he, he wasn't, you know, he, he was just 
uh, you know, a regular guy. And he got developed within the San Francisco 49ers system, and now he's one of the best. And I think the Saints see some of those same type of tools that Adam Troutman possessed. And maybe they feel like they can catch lightning in a bottle with Adam Troutman. And the one thing that I appreciate about Adam Troutman is you've seen development from week to week. You've seen his confidence grow from week to week. Uh, I think the light came on for him was in that second Tampa Bay game. I think when he got his first touchdown, after that, it seems like his confidence started to build. He started to get a little bit more in tune. The game started to slow down for him, and he became much more of a you know a, a blocking tight end. His technique got better. So when you start to look at things like that, you can appreciate what a guy is doing in training camp and the little things that he's tried to do to develop throughout the season. And I think that Alan Troutman is going to be the answer uh, for what we needed for a long time because the Saints have yet to find that Jimmy Graham type player. I mean, they've gotten guys they signed. I mean, they got the Benjamin Watsons in his in his mid-30s. They got the, the Kobe Fleeners, you know, where you thought that he would do something coming from Indianapolis. But to draft a guy like they did with Jimmy Graham and, and, and use this guy, you know what I'm saying, as a, you know, like a guy that's a diamond in a rough, a guy that we can build up to be a system guy, a guy that could be a key contributor. The Saints have been missing that since Jimmy Graham. So hopefully Adam Troutman can fill those shoes and we can get some production, you know, not, not the wavering production where it's one year production. Then all of a sudden you fall off the face of the earth. Like we've seen some of those other guys that they signed. Adam Troutman can possibly be that guy. So hopefully the Saints, have shown him by releasing Josh Hill and Jared Cook that they believe in his ability and and they want to show him that he is the guy. And, you know, him coming out of Davidson, he was a guy that was unheralded. You know, a lot of people didn't know that much about him. And you had to go out here and do your due diligence. But everything that I've seen uh, showed me that this guy has great upside and he has all the tools to be mentioned among some of the best tight ends in the league he can be that kelsey he can be that kill he can be that guy for you so hopefully uh the saints have caught lightning in a bottle with troutman and he can be one of those guys that we know that we can trust and one of those guys that we end up rooting for for years to come this message is for the nine millionaires out there stimulus checks are coming well, Mario, I think a lot of people are excited about that, especially those out there that are that are struggling right now. I understand that, you know, they're rolling out vaccines. People are taking vaccines and stuff like that. You know, a lot of these states are opening up at 100%, but that still doesn't negate the fact that you have a lot of people out here still struggling, have lost their jobs, still trying to find ways to pay the rent, and are months behind in their bills. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people would be happy to receive that stuff. Uh, don't know why Bucks did cut no one yet. Well, I just think the Bucks right now probably riding on cloud nine. You won the Super Bowl. People are still excited about it. You know, they probably just won't celebrate it a little bit longer. And they'll probably go back to work. You know, you'll see cuts soon. Grown man business says, I believe there are going to be a lot of high profile players around the league getting cut in coming weeks. Yeah, you know, you're probably going to see that, you know, but. A lot of these teams, they want to make sure that they dot all the I's and cross all the T's before they do any, make any drastic decisions, right? Uh, you know, 
it's like I don't know, man. It's like if your house is about to be foreclosed, you know what I'm saying? Knock on wood that that never happens to anybody. But it's like if your house is about to get foreclosed, right? And <laughs> you don't want your house to get foreclosed, so you're going to try to do everything that you possibly can to try to get enough money, or, you know what I'm saying? Try to make some things move in order to not allow that process to take place. Same way with some of these teams. You know, you're trying to go out here and try to find all the little ways that you can possibly try to cut down uh, on some of the spending and in order for you to keep some of these key players that you need. And if it just so happens that you get to the bottom and you still have to, you know, let someone go, it won't be as significant. It won't be as horrible. You know, some some teams, when they didn't have the right, uh, you know, front office, general managers and what have you, they let a lot of players go because these guys didn't take the time out to try to figure numbers out. They didn't take the time out to try to put the best analytical guy in the front office to help them to, you know, f- facilitate uh, some of the moves. So if you got the right GM, you got the right analytics guy in there, I mean, you can make some moves. So some of the cuts won't be so significant. You know, you, you have to end, you can end up cutting maybe a few guys instead of just a multitude of guys. So you have to have, you have to have smart people on your team. Fact, TJ, you got to understand the business of the NFL. Absolutely. You know, I I just think as fans, we get so emotionally invested, right? We get so emotionally invested in players. Like we fall in love with these players, right? We, we follow them on social media. We feel like we actually know these guys, but you know, Thomas Morstead said in his video, he said, you know, people tell you to treat it like a business, you know, instead of, you know, just falling in love with the actual team because the NFL in so many ways stand for not for long. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how great you are. You are a ACL tear, a, a significant injury, a concussion away from possibly not being on in the national football league again or being on someone else's team. You know, you, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not producing, then you're going to get cut. Right, you can be up in there doing all the right things and still get cut or still get traded because that's just the way that the NFL does. So you is as fans, you know. Now let me make sure that I'm I'm, I'm making this clear, right? I don't want to see any NFL player get you know get robbed or, or cheated or anything like that by an organization. I understand it's a dog eat dog world. It is corporate America in some ways, and we all know that billionaires are going to look out for their own self-interest. We don't want those things to happen to these players where, you know, these players are asleep, they wake up and they find out on NFL network that they got cut just like we do. I feel like if a guy is giving his all, you owe him a phone call, you know, instead of not even a text message, because I feel like in some ways text messages are impersonal, right? You know what I'm saying? It's not like how you text your wife or your husband telling you you're going to be home soon or, or pick up some green beans from the store. But these are people that you probably drafted, you brought into this organization. These guys have put their bodies on the line. You owe them a phone call, right? So if they're doing stuff like that, I don't agree with. It. But at the same time, I understand that it is a business, and these guys should understand that too. And you should as well. And you should be a fan of the team first. You should be like, because think about this, man. Like, if you've been a Saints fan long enough, right? Even since 2006, there's been a lot of changes. You remember like Marcus Colston used to be here. Devery Henderson used to be here. Robert Meacham, Darren Sproles. 
I mean, how many of these guys were like household, you know, favorites like Darren Sproles when he came here from San Diego and how much excitement he, he gave us and how everybody was cheering for this guy. And all of a sudden he goes to Philadelphia. But at the end of the day, you're still a Saints fan, right? You want to see him succeed in Philly. But if the Saints play Philadelphia, you want Darren Sproles to have one of the worst games possible. The team has to be first. That's that's the way that we have to think as fans. I want those players to be successful, go on to be successful. If they win a Super Bowl with another team or, or they become an all-pro or pro bowl, you know, like I would be happy for those guys because, you know, they probably started their career or made a stop in New Orleans. But you got to be team first, people, because this team is going to change so many times throughout your lifetime if you stay a Saints fan that long. Uh, Troy says, yeah, or draft – but uh, bring Breeze back uh, to mentor him. No, look, Troy, I am not in the business of bringing Drew Breeze back in any capacity. We need to let Drew Breeze go. I'm going to say that again. We need to let Drew Breeze go. Stop trying to make Drew Breeze, you know, in a, a, a part of this team. You know what I'm saying? If he retires, let the man go. It is time for Drew Breeze to go. You know, like, so why we keep on holding on? to this guy you know what i'm saying like this guy has given us every single ounce that he had and we are still holding on to this guy because we are afraid of the future i'm gonna say that again we are holding on to this guy because we are afraid of the future if you've been a saints fan as long as i have you have seen some mediocrity and some downright stinkers throughout the years and in your mind you're thinking about that subconsciously, subconsciously, like if Drew leaves, then we're going to go back to obscurity. But I trust this team. I trust these coaches. I trust this front office. I trust these guys to put the right guys in place for this team to be successful. And you should too. And we appreciate everything that Drew Brees has done. See, this is where the argument comes from. People just think because you're you're on the side of Drew Brees retiring, all of a sudden, like, you just, oh, man, you don't like Drew Brees or you're a Drew Brees hater. No, no, I'm not a Drew Brees hater. You know, I, I appreciate Drew Brees. I'm appreciative of what Drew Brees has brought to New Orleans. But I also can see that production has decreased throughout the years. I understand that playoff play – has been sketchy at best. Bye-bye, Packy. That'll be there in a minute, all right? <laughs> Packy was trying to make his cameo. My wife wasn't having it. <laughs> but anyway, man, when people be on the side of, you know, Drew Brees, like, all of a sudden, like, if, if you don't say something positive about him, all of a sudden you just forget about all of the good things that, that he's done. That is not the case. You've seen the, you seen the quarterback play deteriorate throughout the years. You've seen a lack of arm strength throughout the years. So why would you keep on parading Drew Brees out there, man, just so you can feel like, oh, man, we got it, man. We we got a chance this time. But we don't want Drew Brees to be a shell of himself. I don't want to see Drew Brees struggling to throw the ball 20 yards because he's trying to give it everything that he has. Like, Drew Brees has given me so many great moments for my own amusement that – I can truly say that he doesn't have to do anything else for me. Even if Drew Brees was to come back and win another Super Bowl, it's still, you know what I'm saying? He he wouldn't even have to do that for me as a fan. 
You know what I'm saying? I just feel like that. It, Drew Brees has taken a snake-bitten franchise, a franchise that people wearing bags on their head, people were embarrassed to wear starter jackets, people were embarrassed to wear shirts, cups, or have any type of type of Saint stuff inside of their homes. This guy made this team legit. I'm appreciative of that. But I also understand that once again, back to the topic, I believe in this team. I am a Saints fan first. You know, that's just the way that it is. And anybody out here that's still holding on to Drew Brees, still saying that he needs to come back, that is for your own selfish reasons. Because anybody that can analyze football, anybody that can take the time out to put a DVD in, you know what I'm saying? If you still got that Super Bowl 44, uh, you know, you know, roll to the championship DVD, put that in and then put in the last couple years. If anybody can analyze any type of football, you will see that there is a huge drop off between the Drew Brees that we seen back in those days and the Drew Brees now. And if you can't see that, then my friend, who that nation, you just don't want to see it. It's just as simple as that. Brandon says he's probably still dealing with the rib injury. I don't know exactly what he's dealing with, but you know, I just don't. I just don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it. Uh, TJ's wife says, "Baby, could you pick up some green beans from the grocery store? I forgot them." <laughs> I don't think my wife ever asked me to pick up no green beans from the store. <laughs> I don't think I. Uh, I don't think he ever asked you. Uh, I don't think she ever asked me for that. Have you ever asked me to pick up green bean from the store? She nodding her head. She said no. <laughs> Lavelle says Jameis Winston should be our starting quarterback. Yeah, what's going on, Vale man? Shouts out to my boy Lavelle. Then shouts out to Carver High School in the building. Yeah, man. Look, Jameis Winston should get opportunity, but look, if they can get the numbers right, you know, I mean. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, that that agent that he has is showing that trick play to every GM in the National Football League right now that needs a quarterback. If the Saints can, if the Saints can get this guy into the building, if they can get him at a reasonable price, that's not going to hurt the team in the long run. It is not going to affect the team, you know, going forward. Then by all means, but you know, if if he feels like he deserves more money or what have you, and, he, and he's too rich for the Saints' blood. Go in another direction. Brandon says Drew not coming back. I agree with that. You know, I agree with that. But you know, you have you have your people out there that are still uh skeptical. You know, I don't, I don't know if he's gonna come back or not. He might come back. I don't think he's coming back. I just think that the the team already knows that this is how I feel about it. The team already knows they probably just keeping it under wraps until Drew Brees makes his decision. Period. Uh you you could I mean Look, you can put two and two together. Guy takes a $23 million pay cut to bring his salary all the way down to a million dollars. Why would he do that? Right? Why why would he do that? Why would he restructure his deal all the way down to $1 million? Like sometimes you just got to put two and two together. And, and sometimes like things are like right in front of our faces. Can we bring Quine uh Quine back at a cut rate? Uh Raymond, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, it all depends on Quine Alexander. 
You know, Quan Alexander is a great talent. He, he has great ability. He has great skills. He's a guy that's instinctive. He can get to the football, and when he does get to the football, great things happen. Right? There's a forced fumble, a tackle for a loss. He's all over the field, and he was a little bit of a spark on the defensive side of the ball that we needed, and it also opened up a lot of opportunities for Demario Davis. But here's the caveat. You know, when you still believe that you can contribute in a big way and you, just, you feel like you, you deserve big money, because it's like $13 million, I think the Saints will owe him if they keep him on the books. Then, you know, you know, like maybe you want to go somewhere else. But if Quan Alexander enjoyed his time in New Orleans, uh, maybe, I mean, there, there are all whispers out there. I got to backtrack. There are some whispers out there about Quan Alexander. Great talent, but can't stay healthy. I mean, this is like Sean Lee type territory we're talking about here. Y'all know Sean Lee, Dallas Cowboy, been, da been a Dallas Cowboy all those years. Sean Lee in the game, magic happened. I mean, when he was like younger and when he was on the field, you can say he was one of the best linebackers in football. But a hamstring, a, a Achilles injury, a torn ACL, and all of a sudden, now nah, it's like you're good, but we'll never see that because you're never on the field. Quan Alexander has – Shown some great moments, especially when he was in Tampa, to get him out there in San Francisco. But throughout his career, he's been injured. You know, and teams want that productivity. They're willing to pay for it, but they want it game in, game out. They don't want it game in and then not this game, but this game and like, nah, 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 nah. So I don't feel like, you know, it's, you know, if he's willing to renegotiate his contract, then yeah, by all means. You know, by all means, I would love to have him back. But if if he's trying to get it at that same deal, then I'm not a fan of it. Kirkland says it's time now. People still want Drew to come back. I don't see how you sit there and watch how Drew played the last few playoff games and say we need him back. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's true. But see, that's the thing. You know, like people, people look at the decision making. People look at how – you know, he can just get the ball down the field. I mean, he's still, to me, the greatest two-minute quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but, look, you're handicapping the team. You're handicapping the team because they have to play to your strengths. I want people to understand this, man. When you bring in a franchise quarterback, if your quarterback has great arm strength, let, let, let's just look at Kansas City, right? Let's take a look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is an incredibly talented quarterback that can make all the throws. This guy can throw a 60-yard bomb on his back foot because I've seen him do it. But who does he have around him? He has speedy guys. He got Tyreek Hill. He got Nicole Hartman. You know, he got guys that can get vertical, right? Because he can air it out. And those guys can get under that ball and catch it. When you have a quarterback... In a franchise, the things that he does well, the team builds around him. That's how their wide receiver corp is structured. If you have a quarterback that is really just an instinctive, timeable quarterback, what you have on your team is a bunch of guys that can run crisp routes, pristine routes, you know, on time. You know what I'm saying? Like, as soon as you hit that five yards, snap. You know what I'm saying? You're making that cut. As soon as you hit that 10 yards, Boom, you're going to the sideline for that out. Teams build around that. But what happens when 
your team starts to develop when the, the organization understands that you're in a twilight of your career. So they start to build around you leaving. And now you have people like Traquan Smith who can possibly get vertical who can't because the things that he does best, the thing that he did at Central Florida, he can't do because now he has to focus so much on staying in and staying close. And maybe he's not one of those guys that, that can win every battle off the line of scrimmage like Michael Thomas can. So, then, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he's one of those guys that got to get vertical. You start limiting guys like that. We as fans start second-guessing guys because of this. We, we, we would think these guys are slow and trash because the quarterback may not be able to do what they need to do to make this guy successful. We are we hear all the time, man. You hear on all these sports shows that the receiver position is a dependable position. If you have a good quarterback, he can make a good uh, good wide receiver great, a great wide receiver elite. If you have a mediocre quarterback, he's going to make a good uh, wide receiver look average, and an average qu- uh, wide receiver look slow. Period. So they have a bunch of guys on this team that has a great skill set and can do a plethora of things, but they can't showcase that because of the limitations of Drew. I'm sorry, folks. It is, it is what it is. There's no way in the world the Saints would not have possibly gotten over the hump if you have a 2012-type Drew Brees or, you know what I'm saying, a 2014-type Drew Brees. There is no way. You will not allow me to believe that if that was the case. I, I guarantee you, you would have seen some Super Bowls. You would have seen some. Yeah, you would have seen some. Oh, so you ready for prime time now? All right. We're going to welcome in the Pecky Man. All right. All right, Pecky. We're going to wave at everybody. Going to wave. All right. All right. You know, Pecky Man in the building. You're in the building. Clarence, thank you very much for the $10, says TJ. Keep on preaching, brother. I'm with you 100%. We're all Drew fans, and it's time to move on. We should be talking about players. We have Jameis Winston uh, really trying to get Russell Wilson on this team. Clarence, thank you very much for the $10. I appreciate that, man. Uh, I really – I've said this before on several occasions. I really feel like Russell Wilson – is just trying to make things go his way in Seattle. Uh, that's the way that I feel about it. I don't feel like he's seriously trying to move out of Seattle. It's just almost one of those things where you're trying to let everyone know that, hey, man, you know, I've been here for a long time. I've been biting my tongue for a long time. Y'all been focusing so much on the defense. Y'all been focusing so much on, you know, Legion of Boom and stuff like that, but y'all never really got me a good offensive line. You know, since since Beast Mode left, I never really had a quality running game. So y'all need to put some pieces around me in order for me to succeed. And I think that that game against the Los Angeles Rams where Aaron Donald was just wreaking havoc. Now, you can say Aaron Donald does that to a lot of people, but, I mean, he was more in the backfield. You would think he was an offensive line. So I don't think he wants to leave. I just think that he wants to create change in Seattle and – Maybe tick some people off, but that's what it takes sometimes. Sometimes you got to make people angry in order for them to create change. I, I, I really just feel like teams will have to move heaven and earth for Seattle to seriously want to move 
Russell Wilson. This guy means so much to this organization. People like are losing their minds because even the thought of him leaving this organization. So I would love to see him in the Saints uniform, but I don't think that that's going to be realistic. You know, I, I think anybody that's thinking like that, uh, you know, anything is possible. I mean, we've seen this before. Like back in the day, I, I didn't think the New Orleans Saints were going to get Jarius Bird. I was like, where the money coming from? But they signed him to a six-year deal. So we know that it's possible in the Saints if they really like somebody, if they really, you know, believe that somebody, excuse me, all right, if he, if he really believes in somebody, the Saints organization, they're going to pick him up, man. So, yeah. Let's see. I think we trade up uh, to draft a quarterback. I don't know if we're going to trade up to get a quarterback. If we do, it would have to be somebody that the Saints organization is really in love with. Like, you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, look, Jacksonville that came out there and photoshopped a picture of him in the, in the Jaguar uniform. Uh, Justin Fields, if you want to go with him out of Ohio State. Yeah, you know, but I don't know if you want to do that. I mean, there's some other guys that I feel like would would be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints that would be – in some of those later rounds, like like Mac Jones, you know, that's a name that everybody's uh, talking about out of Alabama. <laughs> I got my guy Kerry over here. <laughs> Yo, Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones, who? <Yeah. laughs> got my guy Kerry, man, uh, came down from uh, New York, man, uh, him and his wife. Yeah, he, they went to the University of Alabama. We got the Crimson Tide all up in the house right now. I got Road, road Tide all in the background. But, uh, yeah, but Mac Jones. <laughs> Yeah, but Mac Jones, man, like that's a name that a lot of people, you know, who that nation would, would love to see, uh, you know, in that black and gold. And uh, also uh, Jamie Newman, man. Jamie Newman was mentioned on the show a couple times. You know, the, the quarterback out of Wake Forest who transferred uh, to Georgia, didn't play. Uh, guy that's kind of raw. You probably need him to sit on the sidelines. But I really look, I feel like the New Orleans Saints want to go and, 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 and get – uh, Jameis Winston on his team and maybe like get someone like, <laughs> believe it or not, like Alex Smith, you know, as his backup and maybe get Taysom or something like that to do his Swiss Army role. Uh, but I don't think they're going to move up. I, I really just don't believe they're going to move up uh, to, you know, to try to draft a quarterback. Official Young Nula said, TJ, why are you looking up? Uh, I'm looking up because I'm actually, I got my, uh, my computer connected to my television, my my television is uh, mounted on a wall. So I'm actually looking up at you all's comments. So that's the reason why I'm looking up. I know it looks weird uh, because I'm actually looking up, you know, at the at the TV screen. So I need to uh, need to make sure I see you all's comments, right? Got it on my 75-inch TV. <laughs> that's why I'm looking up. I'm going to share this. Uh, is it all right? Nah, I mean, look, feel free to share. I, I appreciate you sharing the video. Thank you so much. Yeah, but that's that's why I'm looking up, man. So I know I, I I didn't announce it at the beginning of the show. Jazz, you beat Grambling State on a goal line stance. Yep. I mean, but <laughs> it shouldn't have even been that close, man. The Jack State Tigers had a go-ahead touchdown. They they were on their goal line to meet a guard, the guy across the plane. All of a sudden, Grambling talking about the guy they forced to fumble. The referees looked at it. I mean, the, the play was just, I mean, just so convoluted. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to 
you're not going to be able to see if the guy fumbled or not. So it was inconclusive. But, I mean, karma is, uh, you know what? They will, They go down the field. I'm talking Grambling. They get down to their goal line, and history repeats itself. So shouts out to Jackson State beating Grambling. First time Grambling lost in Grambling, Louisiana, at home since 2012. So shouts out to the Tigers. Hey, TJ, what if Winston signed with another team? That means Taysom is the starter. Not good. What will the next move be if that happens? Uh, if, if that happens, look, if that happens, then the Saints will probably try to call up Carolina and try to see if they can get Teddy Bridgewater. If Teddy Bridgewater isn't gone, that would be one option. Uh, another option would be uh, to have Taysom Hill, but also bring somebody in, maybe like Alex Smith, you know, to compete with him in camp. And a third option would be for them to draft a quarterback, a, dra- a quarterback early in the NFL draft. But uh, I just think that the Saints are still talking to Jameis. But the only thing that concerns me about this is, you know, how does Jameis feel with all this talk about Seattle? And the Saints did call up Seattle. There's no if ands, or buts about it. They called up Seattle and asked, you know, what would it take to get Russell Wilson? So if you're a free agent quarterback, and this team is talking about, oh, you, you, you're up next. Then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, you're hearing that they called up Russell Wilson. You're like, man, what's up with that? So, who knows? Who knows? Kai says other teams are pursuing Winston as well. Uh, if the Saints don't resign him, uh, what's Plan B? Taysom Hill. Don't get me wrong; he's a great athlete, but he's not ready to be a starter. I think that Taysom Hill can win you a few games, but I, I, not like a, a whole stretch of games. Like I, I think that the Saints had a lot of breaks when he was the starting quarterback. Uh, first off, you had the Atlanta Falcons uh, who couldn't stop traffic. Uh, you know, that defense was horrible. You know, so he had that break. Then you went out there to Denver, and they had a wide receiver playing quarterback because everybody on their in their quarterback room got COVID, you know, I mean, or they, they got close contact. So that helped them. And then they played Atlanta again. And at this time, like we already know that just the Atlanta Falcons are a train wreck. So you had a lot of things that, that bounced his way. And I think in Philly, I think that's where the rubber met the road. You had a lot of guys in Philadelphia who weren't really fans of Carson Wentz. And you can tell the way that when Jalen Hurts came into the game, how they were blocking for this guy, how they were encouraging him on the sidelines. I mean, the, the passion of the team perked up. So the Saints kind of ran into a buzzsaw in that game. And Taysom, I mean, he, he, you can say that in the fourth quarter, like he, he threw that pass, you know, in the back end zone uh, to Emmanuel Sanders. You can say, you know, he tried to bring him back. But I don't think game in, game out, Taysom Hill can win you football games. I think that if you build build a team around Taysom, then you can win some football games, but it's not like how it is with Drew. You know, like if, if you know you're down by like three touchdowns, you know you still have an opportunity to come back because Drew is on your team. If the Saints get down by like three touchdowns and Taysom is your quarterback, then you're like, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, I'm getting a little nervous. I think we're going to lose, you know. So I think you can build – a team that can be formidable, but I don't think that he's going to win you any game. 
he's going to be a free agent. He's already a free agent. We're talking about Jameis Winston. You say uh, not ready like he's young, dude 35. Who, who's 30, uh, 35? Uh, Taysom Hill, I think, is uh, going to be 32 going into the season. I think he's 35. Uh, Nordy talked to Winston. Seahawks agent brought up Saints. Saints didn't call first. It's understood. The Saints said they want him as a starter. Uh, broke down why Breeze waited to retire and why. No, they talked to Winston. Seahawks agent brought up Saints. Um, that was well. We got two different stories. Uh, from what I heard, according to all the sources, that all of the teams, all of the teams that Russell Wilson mentioned, they reached out to the Seahawks. Now, <laughs> now we can, if the if the Saints want you know plausible deniability here. You can ask the guy in the mailroom, hey, man, this is what I need you to do. I need you to call up Seattle, right? And, and nobody's around. The GM ain't around. The head coach not around. So they can say, ah, that wasn't me. I didn't call. You know, so uh, if you want to look at it that way. But, look, when you have a talent like Russell Wilson, teams are going to call. Like, I, I, <laughs> I said this early. The NFL is going to look out for the NFL. These teams are going to look out – for themselves, they're trying to put themselves in the best position to win. Lord, loyalty is second um, to these teams. You know, they don't care about that. They're trying to win. So even though they probably are interested in Jameis Winston, if you have a chance to get Russell Wilson over Jameis Winston, I mean, who are you going to choose? Most people will choose Russell Wilson. I mean, the last time we seen Jameis Winston in full body of work, Guy had 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, 35 turnovers total. You know, don't don't let that trick play in the divisional round fool you. You know, I mean, you still he, he still has a lot of work to do. He still has to prove himself. I wish Lamar Jackson 8 uh, was here watching the show with me. <laughs> Man, shouts out to uh, Lamar Jackson, you know. And we, we we always think about Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is the New Orleans Saints' what if. What if the Saints decide to draft Lamar Jackson instead of going with Marcus Davenport? And Marcus Davenport's career is always going to be connected to Lamar Jackson in the eyes of Saints fans. And especially if Lamar Jackson goes on and wins the Super Bowl or another MVP. You know, I mean – <laughs> Lamar Jackson is is the Saints what if Taysom Mill is going to be 31 yeah uh, Nick Bolton and Jeremiah uh, with a, a Wosu uh, Camorio uh, would be good with the, uh, the Mario Davis Quine can be a backup man Quine Alexander is not going to be a backup I can tell you that if he's healthy and he's ready to rock and roll he is going to be a starter you know, you, you don't put that type of talent on a bench. I'm telling you, T.J. Russell Wilson gets traded. If he does get traded, that's fine, you know, but it would be a shock to me. It would be a shocker if, if this guy gets traded. Saints should uh, go all in for Russell Wilson. Look, I agree that they should. I, I agree that they should try to make some moves in order to get him, but it depends on what you consider going all in. Like, I'm not trying to move heaven and earth for him because if you do, then he's going to be faced with the same issues that ticked them off in Seattle. If you've given up some of the things that 
he has an issue with. Like people are talking about Teron Armstead. Well, the guy's biggest gripe in Seattle was offensive line. So why would you trade your best offensive lineman to bring him down here and you still would have to have a young, inexperienced left tackle or move somebody to to the left tackle position that is not going to be as good as to Ryan Armstead, and he's going to be faced with the same issue. So to me, it wouldn't make much sense. It it would not make much sense uh, to me at all. Stanley says, TJ, I'm with you. I think Russ' situation started as PR on Russ' behalf, but I think it went too far, and he may be traded due to it. Uh, I don't think so. I think I, I think it, it has a lot to do with if the organization wants to make a statement, if they want to make a point. But here's the thing. When you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, he can make these type of demands. You know, he can make these type of de- demands because he can back it up. He has the talent, the skill set to do so. So teams can be like, oh, man, I ain't stunned about what he got to say, or they can be stubborn about it. But you will lose out on one of the best players, if not the best player, on your team. And if you're doing that, then you're going to have a mad fan base. People are going to become disinterested in your product. And you're going to find yourself uh, trying to, uh, you know, climb back up uh, the well, so to speak. So I think he feel like he has enough skins on the wall. Everybody can't do that. Like a random wide receiver, a random running back, random quarterback that, that's average at best can't come out here and say this, but when you lead teams to the Super Bowl, when you, you're, you know, your team is in a playoff year after year after year, you can make those type of demands. You streaming during the draft? Uh, yes, I am. Yes, I will be streaming uh, during the draft just like I did on uh, last year. So make sure y'all check it out. Was you shocked when uh, they traded D-Hop? Anything's possible, TJ. Bring Wilson to the Saints. Uh, was I shocked uh, when they when they uh, traded D-Hop? Uh, yeah, I was shocked when they traded him. But here, here's the difference. Here's the difference. Uh, when Bill O'Brien was stubborn, he was, a, he was extremely stubborn. He wanted to be Bill Belichick, you know, keep in mind this guy from that Belichick coaching tree, right? Where everybody's expendable, no matter how good you are, you're, you're expendable. And the thing about it was he, he doesn't have the mind frame or the, uh, or the smarts of a Bill Belichick, right? Bill Belichick will trade a player, but he'll get like a first round pick. And that first round pick might turn into something like super solid for the team. You know, like he building up draft capital. Bill O'Brien was a, a, a was a lame duck coach, in my opinion, in the first place. Uh, didn't know why uh, he, he he stayed with the team that long. Team was going to the playoffs, but to me, I just feel like it wasn't because of him. Anytime they got into the playoffs, I mean, he got exposed as a lame duck coach. And on top of that, he ends up taking his team to the playoffs and it's and, – and, and instead of the team actually reevaluating, you know, the coaching situation, they gave him a promotion. They made him a GM. Like, come on, man. Like, the thing about it is he wanted to make a splash. He wanted to make a point. And it backfired. And I'm pretty sure that you have people inside of the Texans organization 
that are probably upset right now that they allowed that to happen or he he allowed that to happen. So anything is possible. I do agree with you, but I just think that the Seattle Seahawks uh, are a little bit smarter than that. And then on top of that, I can always make the argument about it's a quarterback that we're talking about, not a wide receiver. Um, you want to you want an example? Let's look at Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. has some really good years in New York. He goes to Cleveland. I mean, Baker Mayfield struggles. Odell Beckham struggles. If you have a quarterback in this same situation, he has more leverage than a wide receiver because he touches the ball way more than a wide receiver does. And a wide receiver doesn't shine unless the quarterback shines. So those are two different uh, situations to me. The Aints need to get ready to break out of the paper bags like in a heyday, a ha ha ha, because there is no way they're signing Russell Wilson without losing 25% of their team. Uh, Tony, um, don't know who you chant for, don't know who you're rooting for, but I don't know if you've actually been watching this team, but the Saints are a really solid team. And this isn't like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys or or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have to completely restructure their team or find like, you know, a couple of people to come in. This team is building and they built for life after Drew Brees. Other teams, they don't really do those type of things, you know, but the Saints have done that. They're built for life after Drew Brees. So all these NFC South uh, people out there that just think that the New Orleans Saints is going to fall off the face of the earth because Drew Brees is no longer their quarterback. First off, I will say to you, have you been watching the last two years? Drew Brees has missed, what, a total of nine games? He's missed nine games in the last two years, and the Saints are 8-1. So that tells you that the Saints are a really good football team. So anybody that's thinking, oh, man, another quarterback come in, they're going to go back to being, oh, the 1990 Saints where they wasn't that good, uh, I would encourage you to look at this team and how this team is structured and how these guys uh, go out there and anytime a key player goes down, those guys step it up. So I would be more concerned. I mean, us having this conversation that the weakest link on the team over the last couple of years was arguably the greatest quarterback in NFL history statistically. Like, are you kidding me? For us to even have this type of conversation, to say that that guy was the weak spot of the team, that tells you that this team is built. Uh, to make it one heck of a run. What's up, TJ, bro? Who that? Uh, what I missed? I am sorry I'm late, man. You missed quite a bit. <laughs> man, we just talked about the Saints uh, restructuring contracts. Uh, we didn't talk about the draft. Uh, we're going to have an interview with Rashard Matthews on the show tomorrow morning. Man, so many things, man, going on uh, <laughs> that you you missed out on and some, and some great uh, and some great stuff. Tony, we're down to 42 million egg on the face and haven't really given up anybody. I uh, trust Wilson uh, to get us over the hump more than Winston. I think a lot of people do because we've seen it done before. That was Tom Brady on the paid trolling, call ID. <laughs> I think a lot of people get it too hyped up over Winston past in the playoffs. I agree with that. But I, I do, before I get to Tyrese, Hey, but I do feel like people saw people saw Jameis, you know, people saw Jameis in Tampa, and they also seen who his coaches were. And a lot of people have a lot of faith in Sean Payton, 
they feel like Sean can actually help him be a better version of himself. So that's one of the main reasons. Lattimore was the best cornerback in 2017, draft over Trey White. Marlon Humphreys, number one corner in college football in 2017. He needs to have a breakout year next season, like his rookie year. Tyrese, he actually played pretty good last season. He played pretty good. I, I got to say, you know, he really stepped it up. He really uh, came through in some key moments for us last season. So, you know, the only thing I wish he would have did, man, if uh, held on to that football when he jumped in front of that route on Scotty Miller. We probably would have been having a whole different story, a whole different uh, outcome of a game if that would have happened. He's a Cowgirl fan. He's only here to troll and see – a real team. Man, if you're a Cowboy fan, like, you ain't got nothing to say to me. They got to go to the playoffs and win some football games that matter. Which player would be uh, the Saints? Uh, what players would the Saints be willing to trade for Wilson? I, I wouldn't know, you know, me not being a part of the Saints organization, but I would have to say that they would have to give us somebody like Cam Jordan or uh, Andrews P or uh, somebody like a you know, Malcolm Brown, you know, somebody like that. They would have to give up somebody like that in order for them to get them and maybe some and some draft picks, some first-round picks. I'm excited about the future with Jameis Winston. Who they? Well, if they can get him signed, Clarence, that's a, that's a huge maybe. There you go. Exactly, TJ. Are we going to lose Marcus Williams? Well, um, according to everything that I hear, the Saints are making that a top priority to bring him back. So the Saints want to get him, uh, keep him here. The Hump, thank you very much for the $2, says Russell knows how to get by me. <laughs> or better yet, get over me. <laughs> the Hump, uh, thank you very much for the $2. Thank you. Justin says, Andrews Pete needs to restructure his contract. Yeah, they, they need to restructure his deal. I just think they're sitting on a gold mine with Andrews Pete. You know, a lot of people may not recognize that, you know, other teams I'm talking about, we may feel like, you know, it's fool's gold, but some people look at Andrews Pete as one of the best offensive linemen in football. Winston can uh, play. Uh, think with his eyesight, <laughs> then and now Peyton put a mask on him uh, from other teams. Uh, John, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm so interested to see this uh, world-famous LASIK surgery. And i tell you what, if uh, Jameis Winston ends up being in an MVP conversation, Whoever did his LASIK surgery, I mean, I would just come out there and just make a video about it or something like that. Like, I did it. I did it. Can you imagine how much money you would get if you if you did LASIK on Jameis Winston and he goes out there and throw for 40 touchdowns? Sitting on a gold mine. But, I mean, I'm interested to see this, man. You know, I've heard a lot about this, I mean, about this LASIK, you know. I understand it helps you see clearly, but does it does it help you make better decisions as a quarterback, you know? Are you going to be able to read defenses? You know, you'll be able to see the defender better, but <laughs> are you going to make that pass when it matters most? Are you going to be able to thread that needle? So, but if he does, I tell you what, like I said, man, that, that doctor, that doctor, please, please uh, put your stuff out there. Marcus is good, guys. Stop thinking about the 2017 playoffs. Bad play. I hope they, if there's, if they still are, then they missing out on some uh, great development. Guy was a rookie. Tony Rice says, paper bags, paper bags, paper bags. 
Uh, Tony, uh, he, all I can say is 26, 26, 26, because that's the last time y'all boys seen a sniff the Super Bowl. So if you're a Cowboy fan, please, by all means, like you can feel free to uh, take, stay here and, you know, and look at some of this great content, but be realistic, dude. Your team stinks. I mean, those those, those rings are straight rusty right now, bro. You got to put WD-40 on them. You know, you got to put WD-40 on them rings right now. Dallas Cowboys haven't done nothing in 26 years. 26 years, this team has done absolutely nothing except be a walking, talking nostalgia. If it wasn't for the owner being all up in the videos, all up on the screen, if it wasn't for ESPN and Skip Bayless, then nobody would even care about the Dallas Cowboys. They forced the Dallas Cowboys are the Hulk Hogan and the John Cena's of the NFL. They get forced down your throat even when nobody wants to see these guys. But yeah, here y'all come every year acting like 1995 was yesterday, and y'all want to talk about those five rusty rings that you have. You know, that's almost like the Cleveland Browns fans coming to me and saying, well, we were like the eight of the nine-time AFL champions. Like, huh? Like, how long that was ago? Dallas man, Cowboy fan, please go sit down somewhere. Y'all boys get waxed every time y'all in big games. And nobody care about y'all at all. I think I think the best part of the of last season was the fact that the Dallas Cowboys sucked, and people can actually see other football teams emerge and, and show how great they are. This that was the best that was the best year for me was last year that the Dallas Cowboys were horrible, and it gave other teams the opportunity to be on the lips of some of these these media people because anytime the the Dallas Cowboys are anywhere near the playoffs or five games back out the playoffs, they still going to be in the news. Y'all need to focus on trying to get another quarterback. Y'all need to focus on if Mike McCarthy is your right coach. So let's see. Brother, that's a great analogy. Yeah, I, I do that from time to time. 28 to 3. We will have a nine and six or, or better for the next five years. Next two years, I see division champs, Tony. Uh, just finished watching uh, church on Facebook. Now I got to watch Pastor TJ preach to the Saints gospel. I appreciate that, John. Uh, we're going to read a few more, then we're going to get up out of here. Donald says, well, I like John Cena, TJ Hulk Hogan is overrated. Cena is a 16-time world champion for a reason. Cena is a 16-time world champion because Vince McMahon wants John Cena to be a 16-time world champion. These guys aren't fighting for real. Like, I love wrestling. Y'all know that. But all of, all of wrestling is predetermined, right? Uh, Vince McMahon sees money in John Cena. He looks at a, a big, bulky, muscled-up guy that he feels is marketable, and he made him a 16-time champion. The Dallas Cowboys got all this prestige. You got Tom Landry rocking that, that fedora hat. Uh, you got uh, Roger Starback, who is known as Captain America. You got all this nostalgia. And the media just keep on, like, just shoving it down our throats. That is just what it is, okay? The media, the Cowboys are relevant because the media wants them to be relevant. John Cena is a 16-time world champion because Vince McMahon wants him to be a 16-time world champion. It's it just as simple as that. Right. I mean, what have the Dallas Cowboys done? Like if we if we're being honest, if we're being honest, if we're just doing this based on teams production and what they have done over the years, 
Somebody tell me why would the Dallas Cowboys be starting anybody's show as a top? It's about being shoved down the throat, folks. I'm sorry. It's about being shoved down the throats of, of everybody. If it wasn't for the media, nobody would care about the Cowboys. And don't give me that stuff about the media talks about them because people want to hear about them. Give me a break. Give me a break. The media puts out there what they want people to follow. People will follow the stuff that they hear over and over again. It's, it's repetition. It's almost like if you hear a rap song and the first time you hear the rap song, you're like, I don't know about that. Then the second time you hear the rap song, like, ah, you know what I'm saying? I like the beat. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, like, you hear that rap song over and over again on the radio, uh, you know, like, in, in, in passing, inside of a restaurant, passing somebody in a car, they're listening to it. Eventually, it's going to be in your mind. And then all of a sudden, you're going to do two things. You're going to despise the artist because he's being shoved down your throats, or you're going to have an appreciation for the artist, and you're going to like the song. The Cowboys are being shoved down the throat of the establishment, and there's nothing really we can do about it. And you have two, you got two things that are going on here. You got people that invested because they're tired of hearing about the Cowboys. And then you got the people that invested because they like the Cowboys. But don't don't tell me that people care about what the Cowboys have to say so much. That that is that is so far from the truth. Because the media made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers be relevant by talking about them every single day when Tom Brady got here. Somebody tell me before Tom Brady got here, why did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, why, why were they even talked about at all? Would they even get talked about at all? If Tom Brady signed with another team, would they be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? So miss me with the fact that, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like people care so much. No, they don't. No, they don't. The media cares, so they want you to care so they can continue to care. I'm going to bounce and pray. Have a blessed day, TJ. And TJ Cena isn't the only one. Triple H also. Well, Triple H got some nepotism going on. Uh, TJ Dude was a, a Falcon fan, not a Cowgirl fan. Well, Falcon fans, that's, I mean, that's even worse. That's even worse. That's even worse for me. Like, Falcons, man, the, the choke artist of the decade. Man, what they gave up a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl, gave up big leads the last, I mean, the first three weeks of the season. Like, give me a break, man. Like, seriously. You know, like it's almost to a point I'm kind of tired of talk. Like, it's nothing a Falcon fan can tell me, you know. Like, they, they having some issues right now that they need to fix. They got some things that they need to settle. So them talking about the Saints is is, is laughable. And the Saints win a couple more games, then they ain't going to even have their overall record to hold over the heads of the Saints. And that's what they're holding on to, boy. They're hoping and praying because if the Saints tie that or get over that, they ain't going to have nothing else they can talk about. You ain't got no Super Bowls. And that's about it, you know. And if you're a Falcon fan, that's even worse. My goodness. What kind of money Lattimore might ask for, TJ? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what kind of money he'll ask for. I'm assuming probably something like I'm thinking maybe like about 10, 10.5, 11. He, he should not be getting more money than Jalen Ramsey. He should not be getting more money uh, than somebody like Tredavious White getting, you know, like some of the elite guys. You know, he, he's borderline elite, but because of the inconsistency 
And I'm not trying to count his pockets. If he does get more than this, God bless him. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know I like the guy. I think he on a, uh, the best cornerback the Saints ever had. I, I stand by that, you know. But I just think the inconsistencies, the Saints can come to the table with it. But I want to say thank you all very much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Look, check this out. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is just around the corner, March 17th. And if you want to get lucky, all you have to do is check out Manscaped.com for all of your grooming needs. They have some great products. If you go to Manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints. That's all one word, State of Saints. You will save 20%. And there's also free international shipping. So once again, go to Manscaped.com, promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off. It doesn't matter if you buy an item for $8, $6, or $100, you will get 20% off. And once again, I want to thank Manscaped for being an official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And also, once again, check out the State of the Saints podcast tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be sitting down with former NFL wide receiver Rashad Matthews. We're going to be talking about him leaving the NFL uh, his Instagram letter that he wrote about why he left and just a lot more about what he's doing right now. So check it out on tomorrow morning on the State of Saints podcast, my one-on-one interview with former NFL wide receiver Richard Matthews. But if you have not already, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. Also, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. And previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day, morning, night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?